We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? <laughs> we're, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. It is the place you need to be for college hoops talk every single night. Who needs championship Sunday football? We're talking college hoops. (laughs) And if you are a college basketball fan, then you are with us here this evening. I'm John Fanta. Terrence Oglesby is with us. Geo Baker's with us. We got some Clemson flavor. We got some Rutgers flavor. We'll talk about all things college hoops over the next hour. Coming up on the show here this evening, we'll take a deep dive on the Big Ten and the status of that league. We've got Jalen Pickett from Penn State coming on the show. He has had an All-American caliber season. Terrence Oglesby talked with him. Plus, three teams, three teams are tied for first place in the Big East through 11 conference games. Marquette, Providence, Xavier, all 9-2 and two in the Big East. Who's going to win this league? We'll attempt to answer that question, and we'll go around the country with big weekend takeaways. We begin tonight, though, Purdue 77, Michigan State 61. Boilers complete a season sweep over the Spartans. Boilers are in the driver's seat in the Big Ten, and they will be in the driver's seat once again when the AP Top 25 comes out tomorrow. Purdue is 21-1. and So, Gio, I've got to ask you this. At 21-1, and with all they've done, do you feel like of all the teams in the country that you watch, all these programs, that they are clear-cut the best team in the nation, clear-cut they should be in an Elite Eight, a bare minimum? Yeah, I, I think so, honestly. Um, you know, it's it's hard to argue against it at this point, right? They've basically looked indestructible except for the one loss they have against Rutgers. Um, I mean, you, you think about this team, they're smart, they're efficient. They're unselfish. Today, they shot 41% from three. They had 21 assists. I mean, just it's the way that they're playing. Zach Eady, obviously, is just a beast. And they get 38 and 13 today. Uh, you know, the way that he's playing right now, it's it's hard to argue against it, especially because it's in the Big Ten, right? They're not just winning at home. They're winning on the road. 
it's and the way they're winning like i said every, all those factors going into it I, I mean it's it's really hard to to go against that here's the thing i, I i'm like racking my brain watching this team play i don't know how the heck you guard them <laughs> like I, i'm sitting here i'm watching them try to play zach Eady behind him and push him out and force him out but that dude has oak trees for thighs and not small <laughs> oak trees like 35 40 foot oak trees that's how big this dude is and he's able to hold position guys his rep- improvement from year one to whatever year this is for him has been remarkable whenever he first stepped on the floor like you cut you could see pieces of things coming together now, guys, he's so aware of what's going on. And you alluded to the three-point shooting today, Gio. Like, those passes he was making, like, yep. they were on the numbers. I, I think yep. it was it was us last time. It, it was – was it us three? It was just me, Gio, and somebody. Yeah, it was us three. Yep. And I was like, you know, he's just – he fires them all over the place. He doesn't yep. throw them to people in shooting position. Today he did. There was a couple of reads where he fired out to the top, wide open. David Jenkins Jr. knocks it down. And I'm thinking to myself, how do you guard Purdue? Because my first thought is, do you let Edie get 40 and 20 and hope nobody else scores? And then you look at it, that's pretty much what happened today. They had one other guy in double figures. And they still wiped the floor with Michigan State, a team who I like, a team who I still think is an NCAA tournament team. In my mind, this Purdue team is a legitimate threat to win the national championship out of the Big Ten. That is saying something because they guard and they have the immovable object in Zach Eady. He's unbelievable, Fanta. It's time to say it. It's time to say it on Sunday, January 29, 2023. The 2022-23 Purdue Boilermakers give the Big Ten Conference its best chance, rather, as strong of a chance that the conference has had to win a national title since Michigan State did so in 2000. That's right. That's right. There might have been other teams that you believe could be a candidate to do it. But I can guarantee you this. On this day, at 21-1, and ahead of the calendar turning in February, this is, there's no such thing in no way could 21 and 1 out of the Big Ten, which could get nine teams to the NCAA tournament, in no way could that be a fluke. You might out there have some bias and say, well, because Purdue hasn't been able to make that Final Four under Matt Painter, or because the Big Ten hasn't been able to perform in the NCAA tournament, now you've got a you've got a problem thinking that it could happen this year. That was then. Okay. Throw it away. And believe the fact that this Purdue team gives the Big Ten as strong of a shot as any team in this league in the last two decades to win a national championship. And the reason for that is this. America, we are watching a generational college basketball player and face of the game. Zach Eady is nothing short of unbelievable. Dominant would be an understatement. You can't take your eyes off of him. Opponents don't know what to do with him. If you ask 10 coaches how to defend him, they give you 10 different answers. Yeah. You know what that means, Geo Baker? Yeah. That means there isn't one. Right. 100%. Hey, real quick. Hey, real quick. You say the last Big Ten school to win national championship was 2000? Geo, how old were you in 2000? It's two. It's two There's my old. point. Fanta, how old were you in 2000? I was five watching Blue's Clues. 
There it is. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's it's a legit thing. And, and to be honest with you guys, a do you believe years that, ago, Terrence? Does that take on or or yeah? No, I I hundred percent believe it. I actually thought a few years ago, I think it was COVID year, yeah. where Io Desumnu and Kofi Coburn, like I, I thought that team had a legit shot to win a national championship because they had pieces everywhere and they ran some things and they had advantages all over the floor and they just didn't do it. And this Purdue team, it comes down to can they defend? Like, and the answer is yes, they can. You look at the Kimpom numbers on offense and defense, they're the best in the Big Ten. In a league with Rutgers, they have a better defense, according to the efficiency, you know, margins or networks, whatever the heck they do at Kimpom. So, like, the fact that they defend at that level, that's what's kind of put me over the edge on Purdue and put me over the edge on a Big Ten team having the chance of winning national championship. And the other thing is this. I love that you guys bring up the perimeter game. Because when Purdue hits a three, it feels like five or six. Because when you have someone that's that dominant, Edie today, folks, 38 and 13, it's no surprise. He said in the first meeting against Michigan State and East Lansing, he felt like he could have had 40 in that game. So he, he dominated the game. But then you add in the seven threes. And I just cannot get over the collective poise of Braden Smith, of Fletcher Lawyer, the way that they play, the way that they complement each other, the way that they complement Edie, it, it just feels like every piece, this feels, Geo Baker, like the Matt Painter perfect team. That if he went into a laboratory and put together a concoction of the perfect image of his program, th this is what you would get. 100%. And, and we talked, and I know we talked earlier about how us three were together and we were talking about the same thing. These guys have no egos. Like, there is no. Hey, was it Fanta or Greg? Was it Fanta I, or Greg? I, I think, I think it was, I think it was Greg. It was, it was Greg. It was Greg. Because I felt like I was battling the Big Ten Army. I think oh, it was yeah. Greg. Sorry, yeah, John. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. All right. Sorry. But, go ahead. No, but, e but either way, though, you know, like this team, there's no egos. They know who their go to scorer is. So they know their identity. Right. They know who their go to player is. And then you have these freshmen who have come in and they've matured quickly. That's <laughs> something you don't see very often in college basketball. And, um, you know, just. It's 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 hard to go against this team right now as the number one team in the country when you when you put all of that together and you see what these guys are doing night in and night out in the best league in the country in the big time. What, if anything. What could be an obstacle for this team? Like what what would cause them issues in the NCAA tournament? Physicality against the guards. That's what Rutgers did. Rutgers did. Uh, and then yep. yeah, that's what Rutgers did. How do you guard Zach Eady? Well, you better pressure the guards that are trying to get the ball exactly. to Zach Eady. That's a big thing. And, and they're 12th in the Big Ten in turnover percentage on offense. Like they, they are prone to letting that ball yep. go by accident. And sometimes if you throw some different things that maybe they're young guards or maybe some things that Zach Eady – like they could, they could turn the ball over. And Zach Eady, while he was good today passing out of the post, like recent history suggests that like he could be a bit sporadic, right? So throw some confusing looks at him, maybe, you, you know, a couple of different pressures because let's be honest, guys, Big Ten basketball, pretty much everybody plays the same except for Penn State. 
Like the the defense is the same for in the large part. Everybody's hard hedging rotations are all very similar. And then you play in the NCAA tournament and you play against a mid-major who plays scrappy and presses or they do some different things and they're able to cause some turnovers and get some live ball turnovers to where they're not going against Purdue's half-court defense. That would be kind of the only thing I could see. But gosh, those freshmen have been so solid with the basketball. I would be hard-pressed to believe that that somebody's going to get them in the same manner that St. Peter's got them last year, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, you know, I was thinking in my head a combination of ball pressure and, and the big pushing ED out. I think Rutgers did a great job of those two things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Cliff Omarui, it makes it a lot easier on the second part of that. Uh, but, but that ball pressure is so important. You know, deflecting the passes, making it tough for the catches, and then the big pushing them out. I mean, ED's efficiency goes down a lot once you get them out of that paint, right? So you got to get them up out of there. And then now he has to take his time. Maybe he takes a dribble to make his move. Once he puts on the floor, that's when that double team has to come. That's when he starts getting those turnovers out of the post instead of, you know, catching and just looking and throwing it over the defense. Uh, so those those are a couple of the things that I think, you know, Purdue could see a little bit of trouble. And then obviously, you, never, you know, any any type of injury to Zach Eady, uh, that's a whole, whole different ball team for sure. So – I guess the follow-up question is this, since they're 21-1, and one, they're the clear-cut number one team. I mean, th- there's no question about it because we've seen the flaws and the deficiencies in some other teams. I'm just curious here. I'm throwing it out there. Purdue or the field? Oh, at the NCAA tournament? Or the Big Ten? I'm going Big Ten and then NCAA tournament. Big Ten first. Purdue Big or the ten. field? Big Ten, I'm going – Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. Okay. The field. I'm Anybody taking, gutsy uh, the, the, enough? Yeah. Nah. Anybody gutsy enough in the NCAA tournament? Nah. <laughs> no, it'll be nah, somebody. To, if yeah. it were going to happen, it was going to be somebody crazy. So give me the pick here. Like like right now, because to me, I, I'm still riding the UCLA bandwagon, and I, I love UCLA and I love Houston. If I had to pick a wagon to hop in, I'm still like Kelvin Sampson, I'll get on that bus. Put me in C2. I'm on it. Hell, I'll drive it. I don't know well, but I'm gonna. I'll drive that bus. <laughs> I just want to know, like, because I feel like everybody's making the argument: who's good in this sport? Who's great in this sport? Who who could be? Who's the team that's gonna win six games in a row? Which wagon would you hop on? You know, you're gonna think I'm crazy for this. You're gonna think I'm crazy. Uh oh. Kansas isn't playing with a true five man. And I think Kansas could do it. Really? The reason being, the reason being. Why do you think it, that? Because here's the thing. The reason being, there's two teams I think could have could give them a shot. Tennessee, because they're huge, and they could throw so many bodies at Zach Eady. And, and Euros Plavsic will hurt him. I'm not sure on purpose, but because he's a walking flagrant <laughs> flag. Well, they already fl- beat him. Fragrant foul. I'm watching football. Fragrant, flagrant foul. He's a walking flagrant foul, and they have multiple bodies they can just continue to throw at him. In Kansas, because K.J. Adams, he's going to use his quickness as opposed to just try to burl him up and push him out. And then not just him, but if they double and they run out to recover, they're recovering with so many big bodies. Like, look around the perimeter for Kansas. If you throw a double team, it's Grady Dick that's closing out. Kevin McCullough's closing out. Jalen Wilson's closing out. That's three big boys now. Mm -hmm. Like, those are three hefty closeouts. That's I, I think it's possible Kansas could do it. I think it's possible that Tennessee could do it. That those are the two, just because they have the guys that I think it's possible that 
Tennessee's big enough, and I think Bill Self will scheme it enough, and they have the bodies to do it around the perimeter to force some turnovers. That would be my only thing. I just – this Purdue team's so good, guys. I mean, they, they just fit. There's a big puzzle piece, guys. These, these puzzle pieces fit. And they're better defensively than they were a year ago. That's exactly That's the other right. thing. For sure. They're, they're not getting the credit on that end of the floor. <clears throat> I mean, last year they were barely in the top 100 defensively from an efficiency standpoint. And this year, as it, as it stands right now, Purdue is 17th. They're 17th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Last year they were 93rd. That's not a jump. That's a massive leap, Geo Baker. That's a it's a huge leap, and it's a, and it's a credit to the guys who have come back. It's a credit to the new guys coming in. Um, you know, this team is just they're listening to Coach Painter, right? I mean, I'm talking about a a genius of a basketball coach. I, I played against him for five years. Every single time I played against him, it was always a tough matchup. And you know, these guys are buying in, right? He, I mean, he 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 knows he knows the system that he wants to play. He knows what it takes to win. And when you have a group of guys who are buying in, you have a player like Zach Eady doing what he's doing, not just on the offensive side of the floor, but on defense as well. I mean, just him in the paint at all is is just super tough to, to get any type of layups up at all. Uh, that changes the whole dynamic of a team on offense when they're going up against a guy like that. And, you know, the combination of him and then the rest of these guys buying into the system, you know, that's that's a recipe for success on defense. And he moves right? well. He moves, yeah, he moves well. really like, well, Like man. He's much better in drop coverage than I think people realize. Yeah. Like, that's a bit, this year he's gotten way thing. better. Yeah, he's and he moves well. They have several different guys that can rotate and do all those things. Jaden Ivey struggled sometimes away from the ball. The freshmen this year, they don't want to come off the floor because yeah. they, they feel like, hey, I have to listen to everything Paint says so I don't come out of the floor. They're still locked in away from the ball, yep. locked in. That's been the biggest difference. I felt like Jaden Ivey drifted in and out of focus on that end of the floor because he felt like he could make up, and, make up for it on offense. He could, for sure. But yeah. this year it's a little hey. different. Yeah. Example of a great individual player on a particular program where the system is what makes it flourish when it's at its best. Just saying. Right. Yeah. That's where Carson Edwards was just so amazing because he was mm-hmm. the ultimate Purdue guard. All right. We got a break. We'll talk more Big Ten. We'll dive in on the rest of the country. These guys' biggest takeaways from the weekend. This is Feel the 68 After Dark. Much more to come on Sirius XM. All right, Trevor Valise is with us, our producer. Trevor, I already see questions coming in the chat. What would you, where would you like to go? Lots of Purdue chatter. Two different people asked if you guys think this Purdue team is already better than last year's team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, because because of what Fanta said, they they really defend, and it's not like there's one great individual defender. There's there's four other dudes around Zach Eady that know the roles and stay disciplined the entire possession. John wants that, to That's question. really what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> John wants to know who you guys think has the second best chance to win the Big Ten, even if it's slim. Who has the best chance of coming in second? The second best chance to win. Like, let's say Purdue doesn't. Win in the NCAA tournament or win the, no, win the, win, win win the, the Big Ten? Yep. It's over. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't. Well, that's not a fun answer. I mean, Purdue's got ten wins. Nobody else in the league has more than six. That is true. Just saying. Thirty seconds. Right now, folks. Uh, no, no offense. It's no offense at all. But like Northwestern and Rutgers are six <coughs> and three. At this point, if you're going to catch Purdue, it means you're probably not going to take any more losses. And I just got to keep it real here. Northwestern's going to take 
couple more North, losses. They just Northwestern's fifteen and five. They're very good. They Give Chris Collins good. a lifetime deal. Okay. Ten seconds. Okay. Oh, whoa, I don't know about that, Tio. <laughs> He's already been there a lifetime. Five seconds. Please. He's already been there. Here we go. Three, two. <laughs> Love Field of 68 after dark on a Sunday evening. Kono's bringing the heat, baby. Sunday. Sunday Geo jams. Geo Kono's Baker. bringing it. Geo Baker, this makes me want to hit Hoboken right now. Hey, man. Right. Yeah. Well, come on. We could go. We could go. That's man. the first thing. That's the first thing I think about when I hear that sound. Like, I can't wait to get to Hoboken. <laughs> that's, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Geo might not believe me. Have had many a night at Birch. Oh yeah, you've been a birch over there, man. Just, just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, we gotta it's... head over to birch one time, then. Me and you. Yeah, done, done. <laughs> Feel the sixty-eight after dark. John Fanta, Terrence Oglesby, Geo Baker, with you. Coming up, we've got Jalen Pickett of Penn State. That'll be in the back half of the show. Let's talk other results today on this Sunday, gentlemen. Penn State beats Michigan eighty-three to sixty-one. Iowa beats Rutgers 93 to 82. And, and it's been interesting here because the Hawkeyes, like they own two of Rutgers' three Big Ten losses. Something about Iowa that has matched up really well with Rutgers. Uh, what are your takeaways from, from this one, Geo, from the Iowa side of things, what they've been able to do to now get to 13 and 8, get the season in a better track? And and why have they given Rutgers some problems? Man, I don't know if it's just because I watch them whenever they play Rutgers. Well, they're a good team, man, number one. Iowa's a very good basketball team. Uh, you know, they they move the ball. They move well without the ball, and they can really shoot it. Today, Rutgers, you know, I think they had 18 turnovers. Um, so, that you know, they were turning the ball over a lot. Iowa got out and run. Rutgers wasn't really talking too much in transition. There was bad communication, and Iowa just took advantage of that. Uh, you know, but a really good basketball team. I was happy to see Patrick McCaffrey back on the court as well. Um, you know, so, you know, really good basketball team overall. And they needed that win, too. Like, that that was a win that, that Iowa really needed. They needed to defend home court. Uh, but I, I like this team a lot. I like their offense. Chris Murray is obviously a very good basketball player. And, again, another team that understands who they are. They, they know who their go-to guy is. And they have great complementary pieces around Chris Murray. Hey, Gia, what was the hardest part about Garden, Iowa? whenever you were whenever you were playing just the way they run honestly like you, you know if if you're not alert um even today we saw it like Rutgers would, would get a basket Iowa came back and got like an and one and it's if you're not alert on defense communicating if you're not ready to play they run great sets to get their guys open and you know you see with Chris Murray you saw it last year with Keegan Murray everything was in the offense so it's not like it's a it's a, like an easy scout where it's just like oh we need to defend Chris Murray one-on-one we need to defend Keegan Murray one-on-one no, like this dude is going to he's going to run, run the run the uh, the paint, run straight to the paint, post you up and he's going to try to out tough you. And, you know, that's just so now it comes down to just mano a mano. How tough are you on the defensive end? Um, how alert are you on the defensive end? And, and I think today Rutgers just wasn't alert enough uh, to get the stops they needed to get. You make a great point. And my point was not only do they run, but in the half court, they control exactly what they need to control. Like every yep. cuts hard. Yep. They use every screen away from the ball. It's efficient. Like, it's it's efficient. You know, they they they're spaced out. You know, they don't have 
you know, five, 42 to 45% three point shooters, but it's a bunch of guys that get to good spots. It's a bunch yep. of guys that play with pace. Like it, it's so funny. Like I've talked to numerous coaches around college basketball. They're like, yeah, you know, he's probably not the most talented offensive player on our team, but damn it. He cuts hard. Yeah. And like, I, I always found that such an intriguing line. Like he cuts hard <clears throat> and that's a skill. But at the same time, there's part of me that wants to say, well, you better get that other guy that's more talented, get his ass to cut hard. But <laughs> it's hard to get people to do it every time. Right. Iowa does it every time. They and do they it run every time. They, they do it every time in a half court. Every time they run an offense, you say they have great sets. Like, here's the thing with offensive sets, and, and I agree with you. They do run great sets, and they're very creative and how they get open and all that stuff. Like, a set is a set. The execution of the set, there's a lot of lot of different things you can run. There's a lot of di very simple actions you can run. If they're run correctly, you're going to get an open shot. People, like Calipari's still running floppy action. Like, right. but if he has the right guy coming off who knows how to use it, who knows how to change pace, who knows how to come off shoulder to shoulder, read the guy guarding him, it's going to work. Yeah, the right. floppy action's been flopping quite a bit, to be honest. It has. It <laughs> has. But the, the, Devin Booker's not coming off those screens. Tyler Hero's <laughs> not coming off those screens. There's yeah, a big difference though. there. But but that's what I'm saying. Like everything works if you cut hard. Iowa 100%. cuts hard. Yep. You know what I mean? Even though they are creative sets, they cut hard. They do the little things. I think that's why they're so hard to guard. Everything's very efficient and deliberate with Iowa. You know, they're constantly moving. I remember having to chase Jordan Bohannon around, and it's just like it felt like I was never there was never a second where I got a chance to rest on defense. <laughs> and you know, and you think about Rutgers, the way they play is you know, you have your hands in your gap, you know, you're your foot over from your man and you know you're kind of packing it in make sure there's no driving lanes with iowa's you know for a second if you look at the ball for a second someone's backdooring they're cutting they're moving and it's just constant motion which i think is is again it's a really tough matchup for Rutgers overall which yeah. I, it's been like that for the past couple of years i always match up really it, bad with them too and Rutgers, you, you guys are really good at, at getting in front of cutters and being physical on the cutters for mm -hmm. iowa because they're moving so quickly and they they flow straight into stuff it's hard to really lock on to a guy. Yep. Like it makes it really hard to do that. Like I think that could be the reason why Rutgers struggles with them because that constant moving, like it's it's hard. It, yep. It's it's hard to guard and you can't lock on to it. So who here's the question. We're asking the YouTube chat now. We're asking all of you. If produced the clear cut number one in the Big Ten, you get to pick one team in this league beyond them that you trust to do something in March. I'm going to give I'm going to give you my team that I'm still riding with. I'm riding with Illinois because very quietly they've won 6 of their last 7 games. That team has some quality non-conference wins that would suggest that that yeah, they could beat the heavyweight. When they beat Texas at Madison Square Garden, that was a big time win for them. In conference yep. play here now, they're 6 and 1 in their last 7. Terrence Shannon we know what he could do as a lead guard. You've got the epitome of a winner in Matthew Meyer, who had a big game uh, this past weekend in their win over Wisconsin. Uh, to me, I, I like the way that these pieces have come together. Coleman Hawkins, I think, has gotten better. Yep. yep. And and they do have athleticism. They've got athletes, guys. Brad Underwood, there's no denying they've got athletes. They're my, my pick. T, I'll start with you. There's a Who's the other team in the Big Ten that, that you like that you think uh, has a second best chance to make that deep run. All right. So you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think the two guards at Northwestern are really good. 
I, I really do think in for the same reason we've talked about, (laughs) we've talked about Miami with guards that can really make plays. We've talked about NC state guys that can really make plays. Uh, Northwestern has those guys too. I don't, I, what is it? Boo Booey and Chase. What was it? Audige, right? Audige. Yes. Audige. Yeah. Chase. Like those are two of the best guards in the big 10. It might be the best guard tandem in the big 10. Now think about that for a second. Like, are their games all that aesthetically pleasing compared to some of the other guards in the conference? Probably not, but by God, if it isn't efficient or not efficient, but if if it isn't good, like those are two guys that can carry you through two games. Those are guys that can carry you through a game in the tournament. So uh, Chris Collins, man, once every, what is it? Once every fortnight or fourth year, like he can, he, he can find a way to get, put a nice squad together. And he's done so this year. I like I like Iowa. I like Iowa. Um, I know they're coming off a two game streak, uh, little skid right now. You know, did Goodman pay yeah. you to say that? No, I like I like Iowa. I was high on Iowa preseason too, and, and and if you think back to last year too, this is kind of around the time where they started to pick it up a little bit. Patrick McCaffrey just came back. The way their offense is, they're always going to be in games, right? They, you know, they're just they're going to find ways to score. Um, you know, so I, I really like this Iowa team a lot. And, you know, in terms of March too, like you have to think about it in terms of March madness, there's not like a real scout, right? You get like one day to prepare for the team you're going up against in terms right. of making a run in the tournament. I could see Iowa making that run, um, you know, other, you know, as the other team other than Purdue. Indiana's won five straight too, guys. They have, they have won five I, in a row. I like the way Indiana's playing right now. I just couldn't Tio, I couldn't pick them because you know me and Indiana fans got too much beef right now. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't so I, I couldn't, I'm trying to figure out it. what the best what the best rivalry is on the field of 68. <laughs> is it uh, Jeff Goodman in Providence? Is it Geo in Indiana, or is it Tyler Hansborough in Kentucky? <laughs> like we have legitimate beef. Is that, with those, all three. Three. those are real beefs, right? There. You and so Iowa don't exactly. Beefs. You and Iowa don't exactly get along great. Well, it's not, they don't have very flexible mindsets. Let's put it yeah. that way. Okay. <laughs> they're stuck uh, in their ways. The, right. Here's, here's the other thing about Indiana. Let's, let's give a thought on Indiana here. Sure. Okay. You're right. They've won five in a row. Uh, during this winning streak, Trace Jackson Davis has been ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He's got multiple 30 plus point games. He's averaging about 25 and 15 uh, on the winning streak. Jalen Hood, Shafino, last night was fantastic with six made threes in the first half. He's a star. Like, they've been able to adjust, losing right. Xavier Johnson, adapt. They've got a younger core of players. And I think it goes back to with Indiana, like they need Hood, Shafino, and Renew to step up under the current circumstances. Those freshmen are what switch them to a different gear because. The, the question that you're asking every time out for Indiana is, will TJD get help? Will Trace Jackson Davis right. get help? And when it's Tamar Bates or Trey Galloway for a game, like when he just gets somebody being a Robin, that's supplying backcourt scoring, it feels like it switches things to, to another level. And there's no mistaking. Mike Woodson's team is defending better here over the yeah. last three weeks. No question. Our- and Jalen hood Shafino shooting 43% certainly helps. I yeah. mean, Tamar Bates is shooting 41%. That certainly helps. Like, as long as they have another scoring threat on the floor. If Hood Shafino is consistently really good, like, you have a Batman and Robin situation right there with some floor spacing that's uh, pretty nice. Pretty nice in, in Bloomington. And it's, 
you know, race Thompson come back just for moral support. It seems like, but you know, they have different guys that can step in. They have guys that'll embrace a role. Miller cop has kind of, you know, he's, he's shooting the cover off the ball and he's embracing this. Hey, I'm going to kind of be this awkward, tough guy that'll mix it up (laughs) at the beginning of the game to like get my boys going. And then I'll go back over here and sit in the corner. You know what I mean? Like you got to have a guy like that. It's just going to chirp a little bit. They have some nasty to them. Indiana has some nasty to them. I think that's a big portion of it as well. And Trace Jackson Davis, it's him and Zach Eady. It's him and Zach Eady. Both of them could very well be first-team All-Americans. I agree. Just to to add to that, too, like they do have some nasty to them now, and I think that's the biggest thing that we questioned was was their toughness, and I feel like they responded to that really well. And, you know, Fanta, you mentioned, you know, Trace is getting some help, but it's it's the way he's getting help. Like Miller Cop is now diving on the floor. Bates is contributing. Galloway is contributing. The freshmen are contributing. You know, that's all That's all we really needed. It wasn't like, you know, we're asking these guys to score, you know, 10, 12 points a game. It's just be tough. Play your role. And you're starting to see that. I mean, Miller Cop, this, he's playing great basketball right now. He's not, he's not, maybe he's not shooting the ball well. He's not getting a ton of shots, whatever it is. But he's playing winning basketball. That's the most important thing. He's contributing to winning. And, and we weren't seeing that before from some of these role players with Indiana. Hey, coming up after the break, we'll have Jalen Pickett at Penn State. Nittany Lions made a statement today, a dominant win over Michigan. How much cause for concern should there be for the Wolverines who continue their struggles? Plus, how are we feeling about Kansas and Kentucky after their clash last night? And what did Tennessee show in their win over Texas? And a look around the Big East, which has three teams tied up for first after an interesting day in that conference. It's all coming up and more. On Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM. Boy, Michigan's brutal, aren't they? They're a mess right now. We did, get, we did get a chat question that said, is Michigan officially dead? Rest in peace. For the tournament, yeah, that is. They're not a tournament team. Uh, no. They've done nothing to help their resume. Their NIT resume? Right. I mean, I mean like, they're Owen. let's see here. They're 0 and 8 against Quadrant One. 0 and 8. Oh my God. 0-8, now 0 and 9 after the loss today. Yeah, they're done. They're done. I don't. There's nothing. Right? There. You don't see it, right? I don't see it. I don't see it. It's like there wasn't even any urgency today. Like you got to have a we... bad group of guys, man. Like they have talent on that. Like I was talking to somebody, a reporter, a very famous reporter, the other day, and it was like. I was like, you know what, Juwan, he's got all this talent, all this five-star talent. That's not how this goes. It's not the NBA. Like, you got to have pieces. Like, you can't just grab the most talented kids you can get a hold of and just hope they mesh together. It's not really how college goes. 30 seconds. It's tough. Am I wrong in thinking so? (laughs) No. But also, where's the wing? Like, what wing talent do you see? You got Terrence Jet Howard. Jet Howard is like... He's yeah, a, yeah he's he was a deal. shell of himself today. But he's the, real deal though. Yeah, he is. But Ten he seconds. does nothing else but score. Yeah. So here we go. It's the field of sixty-eight after dark on a Sunday night. Hey, the Andy Reid Bowl is official. It's gonna be. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles for Lombardi Trophy in two weeks. Man, oh, man. Chiefs win by a field goal over the Bengals. 
I always love the Super Bowl because one, it's the Super Bowl. Two, there's appetizers. And three, when it ends, it means that college basketball has next. Right? Yeah. That's that's what it means. For a month for a month and a half. For a month and a half, two months, where I, I feel like we should have about five months. <laughs> I, I think the sport is that good and it's that much fun. Would you start this season on November seventh, Gio, or would you would you go like Thanksgiving week? Like, nah, okay nah. With- I'm good. I'm good with the start. Yeah, you gotta keep as long as we it can be, like that. you said. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, we were talking about that early in the season, just because the first week was sort of anticlimactic because you get a lot of bye games. Yeah, but I'm with you. I, and To To's right. He wants five months. He wants. Yeah, man. I, well, I want. I, I want October one. I mean, what's the problem with playing another month of games? Right. Like he, that would allow you to eliminate this, you know, three game and six day. Or have you seen a Rutgers practice? I don't know. Another month of that is hard. <laughs> they're practicing anyway, Fanta. They're practicing anyway, and I promise you, they're practicing every bit as hard. Yeah, they're harder. Yeah, they're uh, harder in the off season. What? Oh my God! By by then, by like mid October, you just want to play against somebody else. You're tired. They're practic- of- yeah, they're practicing year round anyway. Yeah, you're tired of, of going against October each other. one. It's true. All right, Terrence Oglesby wants to start October Madness. He wants October 1 for the season to start. Hey, they are dreaming, and and that dream is looking like it's going to become real. For as surprising for the good as Penn State's been this season at 14-7 and is as surprising as the bad has been for Michigan, who now is 11-10, 0-8 against Quadrant 1 this season. They have a Quadrant 4 loss. They have been a huge disappointment. Penn State beats them today 83-61. to Terrence Oglesby, which to you has stood out more, Penn State being successful this year or Michigan with an All-American caliber talent and Hunter Dickinson being a disappointment? Penn State being better because I'm a ha- glass half full guy and don't you dare try to get me to n- negative town. Uh, no, I think Penn State, because they're so unique in that league, I really do. I, I Penn State, because they're so unique in that league, this is not a traditional Big Ten roster to where you have a five and you have a bunch of big wings. No, it's five big wings, and they're playing them. And Jalen Pig is one of the most unique players in college basketball. And yeah. nobody saw this coming, guys. And I think the biggest thing with Micah Shrewsbury is, like, he realized, like, hey, this is my roster. How can I put these guys in position to be as good as they possibly can? We're going to have to do it in an unorthodox way. And Happy Valley's jumping because of it. Like, he has done a nice job of picking and placing. And then whenever you get a guy like Jalen Pickett, who's averaging, what, 17, 8, and 7? Like, he is completely has the ability to take the game over. It's amazing. It's crazy numbers. But I'm I'm surprised by Michigan. I'm not going to lie. They're a mess right now. How do you have zero quad one wins when you have a top five player in college basketball? That that's crazy to me, and and, and you know it, it's it's not just the fact that they lost, but it's the way they lost today. Like there was no, there was no leadership. There's no urgency. Like where's the scouting report? You let Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy, who are both shooting forty two percent from three on the season, mm-hmm. take nine threes. They get nine threes up, both of them. Uh, you know it's just that eventually it comes down to leadership. Like what? Like where's the scout? What are you guys? What are you guys doing to prepare for that? You know. If you're if if us three know that Michigan right now is at the outside looking into the NCAA tournament, then they know it too. So it has to eventually get to a point where it's like there has to be a little bit of urgency with the game plan. There has to be a little bit of urgency from your leaders 
And right now we're not seeing that. And that's, that's surprising to me, honestly, because I know Hunter and I've seen coach Howard and, and, you know, it's just caught me off guard. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, to see Hunter Dickinson go for six points, only three made field goals in any game is just jarring. Nor alone Mm -hmm. against Penn state, who frankly, Penn state will give up buckets to a player like Hunter Hunter Dickinson, but they're going to, they're going to trade him right back. Penn state is one of, the most special stories in college basketball this season. They really are. And Terrence, you brought up his name, but Micah Shrewsbury do, deserves some nods. You know, the national coach of the year race is obviously it's got its front runners this year with Matt Painter and Jerome Tang and TJ Otzelberger's on the radar. Shaka Smart's on the radar this particular season. Like we could go on and on about, about that race. So Shrewsbury's not going to get it, but man, he, he deserves some consideration in the big 10 because the NCAA tournament and Penn State basketball have not exactly been friends. Like it's it's it, Penn State has not been a team that's synonymous with that level of success. Shrewsbury has quickly turned things there. He's turned the mentality, and and you've you've brought it up, Terrence. They've turned the way that they play into an advantage in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. How've they done it? Well, they swarm to the basketball one, and the fact that they're so small and they still have games where they control the boards is amazing. They outscored Michigan in the paint today by six, despite Hunter Dickinson being a fairly large human being near the rim. And they have found ways to pull opposing five men out and use their quickness and their strength to their advantage. Like, who who do you guard Jalen Pickett with? That's a real interesting question. You can't you can't guard him with Dickinson, and you can't guard him with Kobe Bufkin. So, like, what are you what are you going to do? You're you're leaving your guys out to dry, and then he requires more than one guy to guard him. Now they do play Purdue next. That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. But I think Edie had what thirty one and twelve or fifteen against them last time. Like that's going to be an issue. But man, he is such a matchup nightmare uh, for pretty much anybody in that league. He's a really good player. Let's talk to him, Terrence Oglesby. Spoke with him. Twenty five points, eight assists. Eight rebounds. Jalen Pickett has been one of the best players in college basketball. He's with us on After Dark. Welcome. I'm here with the king of Happy Valley as it stands today. My main man, Jalen Pickett. Jalen, you guys just come off a massive win over a Michigan team, and you didn't just kind of beat them. You whipped them. I think that's about the only way I can put that. Uh, What was it about your squad today that you guys just clicked? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we felt like after Rutgers loss, you know, we had to play harder and get wins in this league against a very good team. So um, we felt we had a good game plan coming into this game. And we came out, we played really hard, executed, and then we just made a lot of shots. You know, when shots are going in, everybody's feeling good. That definitely helps. That definitely helps. And you guys basically neutralize Hunter Dickinson. And l- let's be honest, Jalen, like you guys don't have this this huge guy in the middle that plays a lot of minutes. It's a by-committee approach defensively, and you guys outscored them in the paint by six points. How does that – is it a team approach? Is it you guys just being able to guard physically despite your lack of height? What is it about your team that's able able to embrace uh, the Big Ten with all these bigger players? Yep. Well, we know where we know where we are. We know what type of team we are. So, you know, um, a great player like Hunter, you know, you got to send multiple bodies at him, um, make it really difficult for him. So um, we felt like we did a good job today. But then on the other end, you know, we can't let these big guys rest. 
you know, we're going to double you on offense. So, but on the other end, you got to move your feet. So we got a lot of shooting on the floor. So when Hunter has to step out, now it creates lanes for us to get to the rim and get those points paints like that. You have, you alluded to it, all the shooting on the floor at Penn State this season. Uh, you're averaging 17, 8, and 6. Like, those are video game numbers. But you also have complimentary pieces around you, guys that can really knock down the shot. Whenever you got to campus before this season, was that the general feel like, I'm going to be able to make plays for these guys, and I'm going to be able to get these guys open shots, and we should be able to have some success? Definitely. You know, the three ball is always the great equalizer. And then, you know, we felt like we we're going to get some shooters in. But then once we get into the practice and I see how many shots guys make, like, in a row, how we can really shoot it, I mean, it, it's amazing. You know, Funk really knocked shots down. Seth, you got Miles Dredd. I mean, we have, what, three or four 40% three-point shooters. And then, you know, we space it with Caleb and Mikey, who are fours and fives, who also shoot it. So, bro, we're talented. Micah Shrewsbury in his second year on campus like now you guys are five and five in league uh the turnaround and the, you're such a your style of play is so different than the rest of the league is that an advantage to you the way coach Shrewsbury brings you guys in and your offense uh, you're a ying to the big tens yang yeah. explain to me how you guys approach going in games day to day, just being different than the rest of the conference and, and how that is an advantage to you. Definitely. Um, we're just out here embracing it. You know, we know what we can do and we love it when we're making shots. Um, we know that we're going to be a hard matchup for everybody else to guard. So we have to make shots in order to compete in this league. And we're just really enjoying it. You guys are off a win. Now you go to Purdue. Uh, small ball is going to have to be in full effect. How do you prepare for the Boilermakers? What What is the, the key to your success uh, at their place? I've never played at Mackey. Um, heard stories about it, but, you know, we felt like we played a good half of basketball against them last time. Played a good first half. Um, they came out second half with some adjustments. And, you know, it, it, we, we struggled coming out. But going in there, you know, we just got to be connected. We're going to have to be connected. We have to play well on the road. So um, we're going to do some different things, try and throw Zach off a little bit. Can't let him get 30 and 13 or whatever it was the first time. So <laughs> we're going to try and make it tough on him and, you know, hopefully go in there and get a win. And that's the man, Jalen Pickett. If the season ended today, he's a first-team All-American. Jalen, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to throw it back now to me and the rest of the guys, John Fanton. Great conversation, Terrence Oglesby, and and what a not just a player, but what a kid Jalen Pickett is. He's been a grown man this season. Penn State is at Purdue Wednesday, six thirty Eastern time in West Lafayette. Hey, we got much more to come. I feel the sixty eight after dark. We'll take a quick timeout on Sirius XM. How about To throwing it to himself there? You like yeah, that? That was that was good. That was real good. You got to throw it back to yourself. I like that. <laughs> Uh, so, somebody asked what Geo's take on Ohio State is. Man, they're struggling right now. Um, I mean, number one, you got you got young guys, right? You got guys like Sensabaugh who are supposed to be the leaders. Um, you know, so you need to make sure that he's reacting the right way to these losses that's going on right now. Um, but it's a long season. Like, Ohio State at the end of the day is, is very talented. They're very physical. They have a great coach who has been there before. He understands what it takes. Um, you know, but but 
the reality is that you do got some freshmen who who need to lead the way right now, sense of a Thornton, you know, some of these guys. Um, so how are they reacting in the film room? How are they reacting to some of these losses? And, uh, you know, just making sure that they're staying level-headed. Like, I think that's the biggest thing right now is, you know, don't get too high on those wins early in the season. Don't get too low right now. Stay level-headed, and there's going to be opportunities, plenty of opportunities in the Big Ten. So how are these guys reacting uh, is going to be super important. Obviously, we're not in the seconds. locker room, so not easy to know for sure. But, um, you know, I'm still high on Ohio State overall. I think they're a very talented team. They're the youngest team in a league full of old teams. Yep, exactly. And they're talented, but that, yep. that's just what it is. They've got Wisconsin Thursday night. Wisconsin's lost six to seven. Ohio State's lost seven. Ten eight. seconds. Talk about a bubble game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is the Field of 68 After Dark Sirius XM. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. John Fanta, Terrence Oglesby, Geo Baker with you. We keep it active in the YouTube chat. We talk about what you want to talk about. Kevin asks, can Providence win back-to-back regular season championships? Kevin then shouts out T.O. because Terrence is wearing his Friar shirt. The Friars, the Providence Friars are 9-2 and two in the Big East. Over the last two years, this team is 44-11. and 11. Ed Cooley's done it again. They're 17-5 and five on the year after beating Villanova at the Wells Fargo Center. Jared Bynum went crazy with 17 of his 19 in the second half. Providence wins 70-65. to 65. Terrence, can Providence make it back-to-back Big East regular season titles? Absolutely, they could. Absolutely, they could. It's a different guy every every night. Like Jared Bynum needs to be the closer because he's the older guy. He's a preseason all Big East guy. But guys, I will say this: my main man Ed Croswell just does everything that you need (laughs) a big, rugged five man to do. He he is Providence's guy. Like when I when I say that, like who personifies Providence better than Ed Croswell? They're gritty, they're tough, they want to make every play, they put an elbow in your neck, boxing out, like, that's a tough bunch. And they guard, 
pretty well. Their, their analytics don't suggest they guard that much. But I think, to be honest with you guys, what Cooley was doing at the beginning of the year, he was trying to fit these pieces together and see which guy fits with this guy. and get Because I had him at the beginning of the year on Fox with uh, – with uh, when they played Stonehill, and it was like, man, the mat, the the lineups he's playing don't necessarily fit, but I see what he's doing because he's letting certain guys rock out that he's not going to let rock out in the Big East. So their analytics are going to be a little screwy. But that being said, these dudes compete, and they have several different weapons on a given night. The consistent though is the fact that they play hard, and the consistent is you know Ed Croswell is going to bring it every single night. I love watching that dude play. I love watching him play. I love their team. Uh, they def- definitely have a chance to to run it back again uh, in the Big East, 100%. Uh, Croswell today did a great job of just getting great post position. They got, everyone was finding him, burying his dude in, and just getting an easy layup. I love Devin Carter today. You know, it, it was the little things that, that him and all the guys were doing, Bynum as well, loose balls, rebounds. Like, again, just – being gritty, being tough. And, and to Tio's point, I think they were, you know, experimenting a little bit with lineups and different things. I mean, this is a deep team, too. Like, yeah. they, can go nine, they can go nine, ten deep. Like, this is, this is, a, this is a deep, talented team. I, I'm very high on Providence right now. I, I could see them winning the Big East 100%. And now Corey Floyd stepped up. Yep. Like, and he was a guy at the beginning of the year, they were thinking it was going to be Jaden Pierre playing a lot of these minutes towards the yep. end of the game. Now Corey Floyd. And, it, and it's from night to night. Like, Cooley has an unbelievable feel and an unbelievable uh, ability to understand where his players are mentally. That's, I mean, that's a special trait to be able to do that. And he does it consistently. And like at the beginning of the year on paper, like man for man, you look at that roster, you're like, well, he's a pretty good player. And then Devin Carter. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty good player. Noah Luck. He's, he's a pretty good player. Bryce Hopkins, dude. But you look at some at Clifton Moore, he's a pretty good player. And then they just put them together the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. That's why Providence is so good, and that's why they can continue to win. Ed Cooley is as good as any coach in college basketball in the transfer portal, and that's because he has a nurturing nature about him. He can say to that kid that's looking for a second stop, a second chance, a second destination, come to Friartown. You come play for us. We'll welcome you with open arms. Your strengths – we'll make them even stronger. Your weaknesses will either turn them into strengths or we won't use those against you. We're going to make you the best version of yourself in Providence. All that talk, all the culture, it's real. Kids can see right through it nowadays. Gio, Mm -hmm. you know this. They can see right through the BS. Cooley paints the picture for what it is. He's not glamorous. He's not sexy, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. He is himself. And in 2023 college basketball, there's not enough guys like that. He is, and it's why Providence is the perfect fit for him and a program that has the dream situation in their head coach. 100%. I mean, you, you just you just hit the nail on the head. There's not enough of, There's not enough guys like him right now in college basketball. You know, real is rare. Right now in college basketball. Oh, so, oh he, T-shirt. T-shirt. Hey, hey, T-shirt. Not, T-O, I'm not Real gonna lie. is rare. I'm not going to lie, T.O. That's already that's already a clothing brand. I'm not going to lie to you. but Damn but, it. But, uh, uh, Damn it. I saw dollar signs And you know, and you right know what's there. crazy? You know, who's, you know whose clothing brand it is? That's it's Al Durham's clothing Al, line. Al Durham. Yeah, Al Durham's Al clothing brand. Clothing there you go. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, all the way these connections come through. He played at Providence, man. So 
Um, you know, so uh, but but real is rare. And and Ed Cooley does a great job of of keeping keeping it real and trusting his guys. And that comes back right now. They trust him to put them in the position to succeed. And that's what we're seeing right now with Providence. You mentioned Corey Floyd wasn't playing a lot early in the season. It's tough for a guy who didn't play at UConn as well, right? So it's very easy to, to if you're in Corey Floyd's shoes, to, to fold in that position. It's very easy to be like, oh, it's happening again. I need to go somewhere again, right? But because it's Ed Cooley and because he is who he is, we're seeing Corey Floyd now flourish a little bit, and he's starting to come into his own. And, and that's that just shows the type of culture that they have at Providence. They're, so they're nine and two. By the way, feel the sixty-eight dot shop. Feel the sixty-eight dot shop. You can match Terrence with a Friar shirt. You and who doesn't want to match Terrence? You could, yeah, you could get all kinds of great shirts. Feel the sixty-eight dot shop. Hey, check out the feel sixty-eight daily tomorrow in your inbox. The newsletters in your inbox at eight a.m. Mike Miller's always burn the midnight oil with that. Uh, so the Big East regular season title race. Go ahead. Can I grab something real quick? Because I wanted to get Geo's take on this. I read an article, Will Wade, who does a podcast, a Will Wade show now. He said, culture's overrated. He goes, you better win. He goes, okay. winning right now, the way the way basketball is with the transfer portal, he said, culture is overrated. What are yeah, your well. thoughts on that, sir? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, better listen, win. listen, winning is a culture, in my opinion. That 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 is culture. Um, and... I'll, I'll use my own experiences from Rutgers. It started with defense and defense translated to, to winning. And that was our mm-hmm. culture. And that, and that's because we built up the culture of being tough, being defenders, being gritty, you know, that Rutgers grit, that was our culture. And that translated to winning. So I don't, I don't really agree with what he's saying. Um, I think it's, you, I don't think you win without culture. I don't, I, I don't think they're separate things. I think they're the same thing. I, I like that answer. I like that answer. I think it was more along the lines of like, "Hey, you're not going to keep kids for three and four years, to where you okay. can be to where you can be cyclical with your approach." But I, I'm with you. I, 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 st- I like, still don't agree. I still don't agree. Will, look, Will's my guy. Yeah, Will Wade, I, Will Wade's my guy. Like he was at Clemson as a dobo, but when I was being recruited up, like I, I love Will Wade. But yeah. like it, he has his faults, sure. But he's been good to me my entire life. I like Will, but I, I'm I'm not sure I love that because the the manner in which you go about your business is your culture how you play is your culture like is there a four-year plan now i would say not necessarily but still what's up john i'm biting my tongue terrence i'm biting my tongue (laughs) Ah, go ahead go ahead well if culture's overrated is paying players underrated (laughs) i mean to me and, and here's the thing like it, the fact of the matter is this: uh, what happened happened, and and I know that Will's your guy, and and frankly, Will should get Will's going to get back into college basketball. Like yeah. let's let's make some because because here's the thing, here's the thing: it, what he what all the allegations and all that stuff, um, you know, t- we're in a different world now, right? We're in a different world. Guys want their money now. The NIL affects the culture. It can. It can Absolutely. affect the, it can affect the culture. It can affect the culture. Mm. I think what's interesting mm. now is the guys who are going to be able to 
mesh the name, image, and likeness, yes. Gio, but mm-hmm. be able to keep their program beliefs. Yep. You know, like how does that all go? That's that's the challenge for a coach. But the look, the great ones are going to prevail. That's right. That's right. Back to yeah. Big East. You, you were saying something about the Big East. <laughs> well, who's going to win this conference? You got Marquette at nine and two. Creighton is uh, they they make a statement over Xavier. They're at seven and three. But Marquette's at nine and two. Xavier's at nine and two. Providence is at nine and two. For me, if Marquette, looking at Marquette's remaining schedule, guys, I think Marquette's the pick on paper. This isn't decided on paper, but I think Marquette's got the best shot. If Marquette wins at either UConn or Creighton at either of those two places, I think they're going to win the Big East. I'm with you. That offense, that offense is so good, man. And like people, you know, we, we talk about, you know, Tyler Kolick and Cam Jones and and Iguodaro, but like Omax Prosper has turned himself into a pro prospect. Like he really has a big, long athlete that can, you know, finish way above the rim, defend a lot of positions, can shoot the ball a little bit. Like they have so many different guys. And that does it for us folks. It's been a great weekend of college basketball and a pleasure to be with all of you. We're back at it tomorrow night, 11 p.m. Eastern time on Field 68 After Dark. For Terrence Oglesby, for Geo Baker, for producer Trevor Valise, I'm John Fanta. Good night, everybody. College Hoops is in full force. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, after dark, after. So so here's the thing. I, I do want to go through this for a moment on Marquette. In, I'll mm. indulge you guys for a second, okay? Yeah. Remaining schedule, all right? Home to Villanova, okay? Mm-hmm. Home to Butler, now losing that game. At UConn, question mark. Right. At Georgetown, you're not losing that game. No. Home to Xavier, I like your chances on your home court. At Creighton, toss-up. So I got two toss-ups, okay? Mm-hmm. UConn and Creighton. Home to Paul. Listen to how they finish, if they're even in the – like if they're in a in a tie race. Here's how Marquette finishes their regular season. Home to Paul. At Butler. Home St. John's. They're not losing any of those teams. Right. I I think Marquette wins this league. Yeah, I think it's there. I think Providence could do it. Have you fallen off the Xavier bandwagon, Fanta? No, I haven't fallen off the Xavier bandwagon. I haven't fallen off the Xavier bandwagon, but to me, I'm concerned about them on the road. I'm still concerned. Even though they won at UConn, UConn's got their own problems. I mean, they got they got beat bad by Creighton in Omaha. Now, Creighton's playing a lot better. I, I still think, I'll tell you right now, on January 29th, I, I think Creighton's going to win the Big East tournament. Greg McDermott's finally going to get his first Big East tournament crown. I just like that team on a tournament stage. They've been there so many times. Creighton's been in the Big East tournament championship game, guys. Get this. They've been in the Big East tournament final four out of nine years. They've never won it. Jeez. I think the fifth out of ten, they win it. But I, I like Barquette. I'm not off the Xavier wagon. I just get concerned with them defensively. They're just not mm. great on that end of the floor. So then if Sule Boom gets shut down, Terrence. It's an like, issue. Creighton shot Sule Boom down, and look what happened.
That's an issue. That's that's where I am. Um, we did Gio, have a we we did have a chat question just while we're talking. Any thoughts on, on Marquette, Xavier, Creighton, Providence, any of these teams that of of any that you'd buy some stock in? I, I really like Providence, man. Uh, I, you know, I love the way they they handled themselves against Villanova today. But I think I'm still on the Marquette bandwagon, honestly. Um, they're they're the safe the safe pick out of the group, in my opinion. You know, when you account the schedule that that you just kind of threw out there, uh, they're super balanced. I know Tyler Kolick personally. Uh, this kid's a winner. He knows how to win games. Um, you know, so I like I like the basketball in his hands. He had um, the quote of the preseason. What do you say in preseason? Do you remember this, John? What he said in preseason? What they were say? like, hey, they were like, hey, Tyler, what, oh, <laughs> what yeah. do you, th what yeah. do you think about the the media picking you guys ninth in the conference out of eleven teams? And all he said was, "Fuck them." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, listen, <laughs> listen. Excuse my language. That's a quote. That's a I, quote. I played against them a lot in in high school and AAU, uh -huh. and like, you know, for a while, this dude wasn't even getting recruited by D one schools, right? When he got, yeah. when he eventually got recruited by George Mason, there was a lot of a lot of naysayers like and i'd always talk to him about it and you could just tell by his demeanor like he just didn't give a shit like this okay. is just no, that's just care. yeah like that's just the, who he is as a player um you know so knowing as much as i know about him and seeing the way marquette's been playing how balanced they are uh and then again accounting that schedule they're, they're the safe pick right now we did have a chat question asking is creighton this year's north carolina oh they might be that's the, you know what I'm not mad at that I'm not they have the talent to do they have the talent to do so and here's the thing guys it's not like they've just floundered in conference play they're seven and three yeah they're good <laughs> like, yeah they're yeah. they're a game behind yeah it's that they started slow in conference yeah, that's right play. you that's know right. they they ended up taking a couple of early conference losses they went to Marquette they lost that was all the way back when we were down in Greenville TL that's when that game was mm -hmm. going on a lot a lot has changed since then and and they've played well i mean at 13 and 8 they're 12 and 6 with Kalkbrenner in so he makes all the difference but for me against xavier ryan nemphart goes for 11 points 10 rebounds excuse me 11 points 10 yeah 10 rebounds eight assists i mean he has close to a triple double in that game nemphart makes them go baylor shireman is is has now fit in you know i think it took him some time to figure certain things out even a player as good as him creating still an interesting system to learn but yeah I, I like that question trevor whoever asked that give them a pat on the back it's a really good question because i think creighton could be this year's carolina they certainly like to just said they certainly have the talent to get there. they don't have great depth but they've got the talent brian says hey to what did you make of clemson's last second win did, did you guys see that? I didn't see no. it. No. I pulled over the car. So so oh, so basically <laughs> uh I pulled it over cuz I cuz they were down two or something like that and I was I was listening so I'm I'm having a hard time but I got to see they fouled, they got down two with 8 seconds to go. The ball's inbounded to Chase Hunter. He's got to go the length of the floor mm. and he goes down. They're down two at Tallahassee. And finishes a layup and one knocks down the free throw. I mean, like 
big time play. And Chase Hunter's been hurt for him to come back, knock that in. And, and guys, I said this when all this stuff was happening in the preseason of Florida State, like that's a good team if they're healthy and it's not an easy, it's not an easy out. It's not an easy, they're not great, but they're fine. They're a good team. They still do Florida State stuff. They're still long. They're still athletic. It's still hard to go down to Tallahassee and win. And to do that, it, it, for it to only be a quad three win is hilarious to me. Like the, the net is broken. The net is broken. Yeah, it is. David it is Bentley a- says Leonard Hamilton's one of the worst team game coaches I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, David. David, my fly's not down tonight. <laughs> he, he knows what i'm referring to <laughs> like, although that you might actually... want to you might want to make sure you explain that one actually yeah, now that i was, was going to say the same thing i was going to probably need to explain that one because it just got weird it yeah. got weird <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about right now i would rather, i'm not sure I'd what rather... you and bentley did but you might want to explain that one <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know terrence you're sick It wasn't just me. (laughs) You You really are. You you might want to elaborate. You need to elaborate, (laughs) sir. (laughs) We had a great time in Greenville. That wasn't part of it. (laughs) All right. Should I tell the story? I I should probably tell the story. You should probably tell. All right. I'm going to tell the story. (laughs) The Greenville Winter Invitational. Okay. I walk in. You know, Gio, I got my fresh suit on. (laughs) <laughs> I think I've got myself. It takes a lot to put all this subject matter together for a day. I take, you know, it takes it takes a lot. So I walk, I walk into the arena, and I'm like, you know, I've got everything together. I got my notes ready for the Greenville Invitational, calling the game with To and Doster. And David is at the game because David's To's boy, and he's he's got his. David Bentley has every connection you could ever imagine. He's the most connected dude. High school slash college. I hope David's okay with me saying this, but but David is in a wheelchair. So I had never met David. (laughs) So David comes up to me and he shakes my hand and he looks at me and he goes, Barn doors open, wheelchair (laughs) views, man. (laughs) Because he's in his wheelchair. Views from a wheelchair. Yeah. So unfortunately, his first look at me was not was not pleasant there, but uh (laughs) But that's why, <laughs> all right? That's why. Terrence, unfortunately, just uh, made me tell that story. That, that makes me hey, I, I, I might have just saved you. Might have yeah. just saved you nah, right you there. Did, you did save him, for yeah. sure. You, you might have just saved me. Story's a lot better than all the, you know, everything going on in the head, man. So just... People could have run with that one. People could have yeah. run with that one. <laughs> hey, John Fanta, uh, hey, in the chat, John your... Fanta. Have... Ch- Go ahead. Go in ahead, the chat, get John Fanta, John Fanta doesn't have to explain anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Wag says Fanta leading is fly down. Yikes, folks, relax. You've all been there. Stop it. <laughs> it, it. That's immature and inappropriate. Okay, you know, keep your keep it in your pants. Okay, that's that's all. <laughs> that's the only time I'm ever going to say that on this show. Um, Xavier Providence Wednesday. I tend to lean the home team. I think Xavier will come back angry and win, but I don't know. Providence went there and and uh, Jared Bynum hit a. Remember Jared Bynum hit a buzzer beater last year at Xavier. Providence won a thrilling game at Xavier, an amazing game. We'll see. That rematch is Wednesday. They asked me to acknowledge Jerome Hunter. 
Jerome Hunter has been Sean Miller and his staff's best form of in-season player development. Hunter's gotten immensely better. He had a lot of tools. It's just he's got a lot of tools. Yeah. Now, now they're like they're channeling them into smart basketball plays. I have, I'm going to be in the building for Xavier Providence Wednesday. I'm hopping on the plane early Wednesday morning and heading out to that game for uh, for Big East shootaround. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Let's go quickly, quickly little ACC whip around from UTO because you brought up Clemson. They're ten and one. I was impressed by Pittsburgh. They beat Miami. Jamarius Burden is a man, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Virginia beats Boston College. NC State over Wake Forest in a great game. Duke beat Georgia Tech by 43. Virginia Tech beat Syracuse by 15. Any direction, anybody that really, really impressed you over the weekend? Clemson's win's big. It's just such a hodgepodge of teams this year. And, and the bottom of that league, just whenever they have a tough night, the middle of that league is going to be it's going to screw that middle of that league. That's the biggest thing that hurts more than anything. Uh, but Pittsburgh, uh, Capel, along with Brownell, they should both uh, be up there for ACC Coach of the Year. They've both done a terrific job with guys, quite frankly, you know, rosters at the beginning of the year that didn't jump off the page. I was apprehensive on Clemson because <laughs> P.J. Hall was hurt. I didn't know Hunter Tyson would do this much. I was apprehensive on Clemson because their point guard play was they, – they left they, – they had two big-time transfers leave – and then Chase Hunter gets a slide over the one. Then you see what happened. Pitt, though, I was so pissed because of uh, the D.R. Johnson situation where he got suspended and got in trouble at the beginning of the year. I was like, gosh, like, can they get it together? And boy, have they ever. They, they've had a really good year. Who's your pick to win it? Who's your pick to win the ACC? Uh, Clemson's schedule's favorable. Yeah. But um, I think Virginia's right there. And keep in mind, guys, North Carolina seven and three too. Like they're messing yes. around. They're messing yeah, around. You know they're what? still good. I think Carolina's getting overlooked. I mean, I I think how's that possible? It's yeah, it does seem that way though, doesn't it to you? Because they kind of got off to a slow start. That team's played pretty good basketball, and I I also think NC State's getting overlooked. I mean, I really like this NC State team. They can As score. Do I. T.O., they can score. D.J. Burns was phenomenal for them on Saturday. He's a walking refrigerator with ballerina feet. Like, he is <laughs> he is huge, man. Like, that is one of the biggest guys. He's a walking refrigerator with ballerina feet. Like, and he can score. He's got skill enough to where he can catch it out at 18 feet and back his way in. And he gives, he gives another look to where NC State, whenever they struggle scoring in the half court, they can throw it into the big fella, and he can at least get a decent shot out. But then you have those explosive guards and Jarkel Joyner, who's a perfect fit for everything they do. Like, they're good. And Terquavius Smith could get to the tournament and have a 50 ball. Like, because Keith's system allows that to happen, and he's capable of doing it. By the way, so, to your guys' point, <clears throat> someone mentioned this in the chat based on the net. Pitt beat number 20 Miami and dropped five spots. It's net. it's a shit show that net and nobody will explain to us the format. It, it, nobody will explain it. You just it's, go. It's a shit show that net. Yeah, net's a shit show. Nobody knows look, what they Gio, Gio, when you were playing, did you look at the at the net? Only my last year, just because we were so funky. Like, you know, we we had lost to to Lafayette, DePaul, UMass. We had some awful, ugly losses beginning of the year and our net was terrible the entire season but then you know, you know we were 12 and 8 in the big 10 
Clemson goes on the road and wins at Florida State. And by all for all intents and purposes, I know what Florida State is, but then they drop four spots. Well, they dropped four spots gonna, for big. Yeah, that's crazy. But they were never going to agree with that game. What do you mean? Florida State. Florida State's metrics don't work out well at all. Yeah, but explain the metrics. Nobody knows the metrics. <laughs> if I well, just knew like, the metrics, like nobody knows. Boise State is know. ten spots higher than Xavier. Who's Virginia that? Tech, I think, is still higher than Clemson in the net. Boise State is top twenty. That's Boise yeah. State is top twenty. That 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 thing sucks. I'm not sure who the hell's running it. It sucks. Well, nobody runs it. It's a computer run thing. Whoever came up with the system for the computer, that person sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that person has a family. By the way, with Ken. Well, he's just... nameless. He's nameless because nobody will say shit about this net. By the way, Kenneth DeCombs, shut up in the YouTube <laughs> chat. Shut your pie hole, Kenneth. Go to bed. <laughs> Go grab yourself a warm glass of milk and, and you head on to sleep, okay? He's been ripping Purdue for the past half hour. Kenneth, I got no t- Kenneth, I got no time for you, okay? Go, you know, go to your wife or, or uh if you don't have a wife, go on your laptop. Like, come on, get off of our chat and stop ripping Purdue. Okay? You know, I don't have any time for this BS. All right, he's been ripping <laughs> Purdue for a half hour. They're twenty one and one. What more do you want from them? What do you want from them, Kenneth? Child, please. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Kenneth. Yeah, get out of my get out of the YouTube chat. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, anybody want to YouTube, YouTube chat just exploded. Yeah, I want to tell you good night right now, Kenneth. Not a, not up in here. <laughs> not up in here. Not Dad, up in here. You put the net to bed. <laughs> You're sucks. really mad at the net. No, the net, net does sucks. Suck. Does nuts suck. sucks. Nobody understands that you win a game and drop spots. What are we doing? <laughs> so, all right, who do you want to toast? Go ahead. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to toast this, this young man yet, but I did uh, Sienna and Iona on Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Bear has been through a lot. Recently lost his father. Uh, I don't know if they toasted this the other day, but man, it was a pretty special performance by that young man who came into the game averaging 3.9 points per game. And I think he ended up with like 18 and 12. Uh, I mean, what a quality, quality uh, performance by him. And I've lost my dad and it's not easy. And for him to still go out and play and have that kind of an impact. And and on top of that, he lost his dad to cancer. It was coaches versus cancer day. So they're out there in in, uh, regular shoes and all that stuff. I mean, it was really a special night. Uh, My toast goes to uh, Michael Bear from Siena. I wanted to to toast to Patrick McCaffrey on Iowa. I know I mentioned it earlier. That's a good Um, one. You know, he was obviously out a couple of games due to some anxiety. And I think a lot of people yes. overlook that from, from athletes. And, you know, especially when you're in the spotlight, it's very easy to kind of hide whatever, you know, problems off the court you got going on. But, you know, Perfect. the fact that he was able to do that shows how strong he is. And, you know, obviously he has a great support system around him, but was happy just to see him back on the court today. Knocked down a couple of threes. I didn't love it. It was against my Scarlet Knights. But, um, you know, happy to see him back on the court and looking very confident too. So, uh, you know, big toast to him for just being strong in that in that fact. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to Patrick and to Michael, as you brought up. I mean, that is 
sums it up. You know, these are kids. People seem to forget that. And uh, it really is. It's it, both both different journeys, different reasons. And, uh, you know, I give Patrick a lot of credit for talking about being a coach's son, too. Yeah. And being able to be uncomfortable because it's hard. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta give him a lot of credit and, and it's good to, good to see that he's all right. And, and I know, I know his brother's been supportive of him throughout that journey. So, yep. oh guys, I mean, that's, those are two, two really fitting toasts, um, to kind of cap things off here and look ahead in the upcoming week. I would toast AJ store, just a freshman mm-hmm. for St. John's today came up with a game winner inside Madison square garden. I think that's pretty cool. You know, you're you're just a freshman. Let's face it, it's been a tough go. And you guys know it when you're a freshman on a team that's not playing well, the season could easily go all mm. the way down the drain. And instead, he made the most of an opportunity today. He hits a game winner at the world's most famous arena. Cold-blooded shot. And sometimes two teams that are, frankly, at this point, uh, not playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've been poor. That's right. That doesn't mean they – that this is the beauty of college basketball. Sometimes two poor teams can still play a good game. And uh, St. John's and Georgetown actually put together a pretty dramatic game and store came up clutch in the garden. Fanta, just uh, another play-by-play guy recently passed, uh, Billy Packer. Yes. Do you, have any, do you have anything to say about him being the play-by-play guy that you are? Well, Billy was an analyst, but the yeah, point excuse stands. Me. Yeah, excuse the me. Point stands. Um, yeah. We should. We should. Uh, you know what? Thank you, Terrence. Well, Billy Packer. Billy Packer was the standard of college basketball commentary for decades, mm-hmm. not just years, decades. He was a torchbearer, a standard setter, a visionary, and a guy who wasn't afraid to speak his mind. And I know he's revered by the Wake Forest community, by the ACC community, and by everybody in college basketball. So to Billy's family, uh, Mark is such a great guy, as mm-hmm. nice of a guy as you'll come across. And the and the Packer family, we at the Field of 68 send our thoughts, our prayers, our condolences, because Billy Packer, you will not be forgotten in college basketball. Your legacy lives on. And in the broadcast industry, you are one of the greatest of all time in telling the story and being a narrator of our great sport that we love. So to Billy Packer and his family, we do send our thoughts and prayers. That's a great way, Terrence, for us to go out tonight and cap off the weekend. Uh, For Geo Baker, for Terrence Oglesby, I'm John Fanta. We're back tomorrow, 11 Eastern time. Tomorrow's slate, Virginia is at Syracuse. From the Carrier Dome. Something tells me that's going to be an interesting ball game uh, up at the Dome. Just just could see Syracuse hanging in, having a chance. Baylor's at Texas. Whoa. Talk about a high-level game tomorrow night. Baylor has caught fire, gents. They've won five in a row. You got a pick for that briefly? <laughs> Baylor, Texas at Texas. Texas. You like Texas. Iowa State at Texas Tech. We'll see if Iowa State can bounce back. Those are really your three games uh, tomorrow of substance. That does it for all of us. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Thanks for tuning in. So long, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.